All righty, everybody. Good afternoon, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And it has arrived, Wiz, the week of the NFL 2022 draft. How are you today, Wiz? Yeah, doing well. Uh, looking forward to the draft. It's uh, a real brain buster trying to <laughs> figure this out. And uh, and um, and looking at it, I, I feel strongly about a few bets that I know DraftKings is offering as far as the draft. Uh, I feel a lot more confident in that than my mock draft, which, uh, boy, is... Um, is, is very, very difficult because um, you have um, a lot of teams that are, that are really playing it close to, you know, best here about where, where they're, you know, who they're going to take. Even uh, with the number one pick, there's a, a lot of a lot of swirling rumors now that Trayvon Walker is the preferred pick over Aiden Hutchinson. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about some of the bets I like and uh, going over the mock draft as well with you. Yeah, and, and you know, mock drafts are kind of funny. You know, we've, we've done these things, uh, I don't know how many years we've actually done them. We've had some small contests with, with friends like Ricky and McKenna, and we've had like mano a mano type contests. And usually a, a really solid performance in a mock draft is somewhere in the vicinity of like seven or eight picks, right? I think that's that's been the case over the years. I think this one may have a little bit more of a cascade effect than, than we've seen before. Like you said, I think, Teams are being a little bit more uh, covert about uh, about what their intentions are. Uh, in addition to that, um, I think, and you've talked about this already, are we going to see one, two, three trades? Are teams going to utilize? Because for the first time in a long time, we have a number of teams with, with two picks uh, in, in this particular first round, and, and will, will teams try to move up? Uh, in their position, uh, swapping on picks. Will other teams try to move back uh, and garner more picks? So we have to see kind of how the chips fall, but I I find this to be one of the trickier drafts uh, to kind of handicap. I kind of feel comfortable about positions and needs on a lot of these teams, which is what the, what these podcasts have been doing over the last uh, couple of weeks. We've we've been going uh, division to division team by team on what we think is going to happen today. We're up to the NFC South, but I'm, but I'm not super, I'm not super positive about actual players that end up going to, to the teams that, uh, that are in need of those positions. That's, uh, that's kind of how things uh, uh, fall for me at this moment Wiz. Yeah. And I would agree with that. I just think, uh, you know, it makes for a difficult situation because, you know, quarterback is a desperate position for some teams, but yet I do not like this quarterback class at all. Um, I don't think any of these quarterbacks are worth a first-round pick, and yet there's talk of two, three uh, quarterbacks going in the first round. So it's it's difficult to put a player for a team when you really feel strongly that the player should not be picked by certain teams in certain spots. So uh, we'll we'll be dealing with that um, a little bit later in the week. But let's uh, let's get to the NFC uh, South here. Yeah, and I think you know. Uh, the point that you just made in terms of quarterback needs. This is this is a fascinating division. Uh, it looks completely different than it looked three or four years ago. Uh, actually, it looks completely different than it looked a couple of years ago. And uh, you have a number of teams going in the wrong direction. Tom Brady is the most veteran starting quarterback in this division, which is kind of remarkable when you think about it. Um, there is probably, with the, with the three other teams, uh, the, the Saints... Uh, the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. 
every one of them has a, has a question mark about what their quarterback of the future is going to look like. So we'll start with the Falcons, Wiz, and um, you know uh, Arthur Smith took over this team, offensive coordinator uh, for the T- Tennessee Titans before last year. Matt Ryan moves to Indianapolis. We were very accustomed to seeing. Uh, him behind uh, on the center on this team, and, and really aside from Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson, you know, especially with the with the nebulous uh, status of of one Calvin Ridley, uh, there are question marks all over the place for this Falcon team, and it's a team that's really in complete rebuild. They have nine picks, they have six picks in the top 114 picks in the NFL draft, so that's a good thing uh, for a team that basically needs help on both sides of the football. Wiz. Yeah, I mean, you said it. They need help <clears throat> on both sides of the football. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at their situation, and I'm wondering if they're thinking along the same lines where they're looking, even though it's, you know, everyone's optimistic about the upcoming season, that with what's going on and, and their quarterback situation and Ridley, if they're not going to draft this year with 2023 in mind, in the sense that, if you draft a wide receiver with that number eight pick, right, and next year you could be looking at, you know, a, a terrific wide receiver who you've drafted, Kyle Pitts, who's going to be one of the best tight ends in football for the next decade, and Calvin Ridley. That makes for a very, very good receiving core. And then next year you can draft address the quarterback situation. So that's what I would do if I was making the call for the Falcons. I don't know if they're going to do that, but certainly with some of those other picks, they have to uh, really consider the defensive side of the football, linebacker, edge rusher. And then, you know, I I guess in theory they could take a quarterback. Uh, I don't know if they would take a quarterback with their eighth overall pick. It wouldn't shock me if they did, but, just thinking about where the situation was be in 2023, I kind of like them taking a receiver and then being able to pair them up with Ridley and Pitts uh, for 2023. Yeah, let me ask you on that. Was Is this a spot where potentially one of those teams behind them with a couple of first-round picks, is it a situation where the, the Falcons could be one of those teams that would be willing to trade out of this slot for some draft capital? Yeah, I, I think I think that's in play as well. But when I look at the first round, to me, that sweet spot is 13 where the Texans are picking. Because if somebody like the the Chiefs are going to want to move up from 20, picks 29 and 30 to get to the eight spot, they're going to have to give up a lot of draft equity to to make that pick. I think it'll be a little bit easier to try and trade with the Texans, but I'm sure Atlanta is listening to to everything and anybody. So. Uh, to your point, certainly a possibility. All right, yeah, and so, and again, I, I, I think they need help all over the place. Their offensive line needs help. Their secondary needs help. You mentioned edge rusher. You mentioned receiver. You mentioned quarterback. We, we, you know, at this point, I think you, you and I can both agree that Marcus Mariota is probably just, you know, kind of like a, a placeholder at this point, a quarterback. Oh, yeah, and I think, you know, that's, that's what the organization is looking at as well. All right, so let's move to the Carolina Panthers, Wiz. Um, so you know, this is just a really tr- tricky situation. So you, you've got an owner who is used to being very successful, big-time uh, hedge fund guy in, in David Tepper. Uh, 
I guess you know there were where he had set his eyes upon Deshaun Watson a couple of years ago, and then boom, you have the sexual allegations against Watson, and that changes everything. Uh, they make the trade for Sam Donald. Sam Donald looks okay to start the season, but Peters out and and is not certainly a, not a long term. Uh, answer at quarterback. You have a running back in Christian McCaffrey who's not been able to stay on the field. Uh, they do have good wide receivers. They've made some moves at the tight end position. Uh, they really strengthened their defense a couple of years ago in the draft, and we started to see some of that success uh, play out last year. Uh, but this offense is definitely question marks. They probably need some help on the offensive line. Uh, and, and their future quarterback is not currently on this roster. So uh, that's the way I look at the Carolina Panthers, Wiz. Uh, I don't know if you see it different than that. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at this draft, they do have the number six pick overall, but they do not have another pick until the fourth round, and they have two picks in the fifth round. So it's not that the Panthers can really help themselves all that much, except in that spot, and what will they do in that number six spot is the big question. Yeah, I think I think conventional conventional thinking is they don't have a pick after the sixth spot until the fourth round. They got to make a splash pick, and they're going to take a quarterback. I think that would be a colossal mistake. Not not, not only I mean I feel strong that none of these quarterbacks really should be drafted in the first round, and I feel way stronger that none of these quarterbacks should be taken with the overall sixth pick. I think. The, the, I'm hoping the Panthers, I don't know, this is a tricky one. They may take a quarterback. I think Kansas City is a great trade partner for them if they really want to get up and if they love a receiver. You know, Kansas City has to be looking at Carolina, Atlanta, which we just mentioned, and the Houston Texans. If they love a wide receiver, you know they have a ton of draft equity, and they're not afraid to give a lot of it up if there's a player that they absolutely covet. So this would make sense for so many reasons. It would give the Panthers some more picks. The Chiefs have a lot of picks to give, and they could just get out of making a bad mistake by taking a quarterback with the sixth overall pick. So I don't know what they do, but I just know they should not take one of those quarterbacks with the overall sixth pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Um... You know, I I don't know what that player, who that player will be that they they pick. And again, just I would like to see them pick what they deem to be the best player on the board to help them out. I probably don't think it's on the defensive side, and I really think it could depend on what the Giants do in front of them uh, with with that pick at five, right? Like I I don't know which direction the Giants go with with that first pick. There's a part of me that says the Giants could take two defensive players with their two for two early picks in the first round. But obviously we know this is a team, the Giants I'm talking about, that does need help on the offensive line and, and perhaps the best offensive lineman that that uh, other than, you know, for, for the Carolina Panthers, may, maybe that best offensive lineman drops down to them and that's and that's the direction that they go in. Yeah, yeah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked at all. All right, so, you know, it's been a while, Wiz, you know, I, the New Orleans Saints are, are, are definitely a team in transition, right? Uh, Drew Brees retired a couple of years ago. No more Sean Payton now. 
Uh, we don't we don't know where the you know there's three quarterbacks currently on there actually there's four quarterbacks in the roster because they because they drafted Ian Book last year Winston's back Taysom Hill's probably going to be playing more of that Swiss Army knife position uh, so and they obviously went out of their way to sign Andy Dalton so those are the four quarterbacks on the roster uh, the Saints have not had a lot of draft equity in the last couple of seasons but that changes this year they have two number they have two picks in the first round uh, they have an additional pick at number forty nine in the second round they pick at 98 in the third round and they pick at 120 in the fourth round and an additional pick in rounds five and six but the Saints get an opportunity to kind of work on this roster and I don't know there's a couple of things going on in the background Liz that that I do want to talk about I don't know what Mike Thomas's story is going to be this year I really don't uh, a lot of mystery sur- surrounding that player from last year, uh, attitude, health issues, all this sort of stuff. And then there's this potential with Alvin Kamara, who had some problems in the offseason where, I don't know, maybe maybe he has an issue um, in, in terms of some legal woes that, that needs to be watched. So you add that to the rest of the uncertainty surrounding this roster. Um, you know, I look at a, at, the, at a Saints team that has a void at left tackle because uh, they lost uh, Armstead to Miami. Uh, but they also need some help in that secondary. Um, and, you know, wide receiver, like I said, there are question marks around this team. And this is also a team where we don't know what's going to happen to quarterback. So that's kind of my uh, my landscape for the New Orleans Saints. How are you viewing them, Was Yeah, I think their first three picks, which, like you mentioned, two are in the first round and the second round pick, are going to be in some order wide receiver, offensive tackle, and quarterback. I personally think it's going to be wide receiver and tackle to replace Armstead and, and with the uncertainty of Mike Thomas and getting another receiver in there. I'm just looking. I know there was some uh, some rumors that they were going to take a quarterback, but I just feel looking at the way they restructured the contracts with Hill and Winston that they're not going to do that in this draft. And um, I think I think with early on it's going to be wide receiver, tackle, cornerback with their first three picks. Uh, and they're one of the teams that Kansas City has to be looking at to try and jump in front of um, because I think they're kind of looking at the same position. It sounds good, Wiz. And now let's move to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Super Bowl victory two years ago. Last year, a disappointing loss to the Rams in the playoffs in a game that they almost came back to win. Uh, Tom Brady toyed with retirement. He's back. Bruce Arians is not the head coach. Todd Bowles is. Um a roster. When you look at a number of the the, the number of the contracts on the on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got very creative. And you know, after this year, there's going to be a lot of people moving off this roster. It's not going to look like the way it is right now. Uh, but for now, it is intact. Uh, but the Buccaneers get an opportunity to kind of try to build on this. You know, the one issue with the Buccaneers, though, is because of their success. Um, you know, their draft picks are going to fall in the in the back ends of these rounds. Um, and in this particular draft, uh, they, they have a pick in each of the first four rounds, uh, late in each of those four rounds, and two picks in the seventh round. So they have some replacements to go. They, they lost some people on the offensive line. Uh, I think, you know, Tom Brady is the quarterback right now. Is this a team maybe later in the draft? Do they attempt to look at a quarterback again? I don't think so, but, you know, and, and, you know, you talk about this draft not being particularly strong at quarterback. So it's it's a strong defensive team, uh, but I still think they need secondary help. That's what I would say, because that was the Achilles heel of this defense last year. So that's what I'm looking at with offensive line and, and, and the secondary and perhaps a receiver at some point in time. 
um, uh, in this draft with the Antonio Brown situation not working out for them? Yeah, I mean, they signed Jensen. That was the good news. Losing Kappa to the Bengals was the bad news. So I, I think with these picks, and they have six of them, um, conventional picks for a second, third, fourth round, a pair of picks in the seventh round, that they're going to, you know, look the line of scrimmage, offensive line, defensive line. And then I, I think they're even going to consider running back. Um, some of these guys just can't stay on the field, and Leonard Fournette's not there for a long-term deal. So um, offensive, defensive lines certainly are going to be addressed early. Uh, you know, you, they're going to have to do and pick the best player to protect Brady with one of those first two picks. I'm going to assume it's going to be the first round pick, but it could be the second round pick. Uh, but offensive and defensive line. And then, like I said, um, you know, these other picks, I think, are just, you know, picks that they're going to try and look at uh, maybe for a little bit long term. And that's why I think running back could be a position they look at in this draft as well. Yeah, because they, they do have Keyshawn Vaughn, who who does remain on this roster, drafted a couple of years ago. Ronald Jones is gone. Uh, we know that uh, Giovanni Bernard is you know just kind of a short-term answer. And, and, and as, as great as Fournette was uh, the last couple of seasons in Tampa Bay, um, you know, he remains a guy that, you know, another year older, not exactly the most uh, a fleet foot guy to start with, uh, but he's become very dependable out of the backfield in catching the football. And he, he was a big weapon for this team over the last couple of years. Yeah, there's no question about that. But uh, like I said, uh, line of scrimmage is what they're going to address. I'm sure they're going to take care of that. And, uh, and, uh, and then, you know, look at some other picks and, and, and some players that they find interesting. And as I mentioned, I, I have a feeling running back will be a position that they will draft yeah, on, and, on Thursday. You know, the other thing was, you know, with the other three teams, in, it's in such a transitional phase of, of, of their rebuilding efforts, it almost seems like a foregone conclusion that, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this division. Yeah, unless what happened last year where they lose Godwin – Evans, Antonio Brown, you know, basically has that situation when they played the Jets. So anything can happen, but if you're just looking at rosters, it's sure, you know, difficult not to make Tampa Bay a prohibitive favorite in that division. All right, Wiz, so that covers the NFC South, which means you and I have one more division to go over uh, in our Draft Needs uh, podcast, and that will be the NFC West So we'll do that next, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, and we're on Apple Podcasts. And I'll be back shortly to talk to you, Wiz, about the NFC West. You got it.